Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, listeners. This is Anusha Battersby of the Magnus Protocol, letting you know about the latest Rusty Quillivisional podcast on Neon Inkwell, The Pit Below Paradise. The Pit Below Paradise is a US coming-of-age tale set years in the future, in the ruins of a burnt world. Small communities struggle in the ashes, and in Paradise Village, Dorian is set to sacrifice himself for the hope of a better tomorrow. At least, that's what he thought. But when the date of prophecy is pulled into question, Dorian's whole world is turned on its side. Forced to attend college to keep up appearances, Dorian meets Will, a former gravedigger with no reason to suspect his vibrant new roommate might soon be facing death, and Ruth, a returned runaway trying to make peace with the past. As Dory only just starts to learn about herself, she is forced to choose whether she still believes everything she was told growing up, or whether she wants to place her trust in a wider, more daunting world that she's only just come to know. The Pit Below Paradise is available now on Neon Inkwell, our ongoing home for full-cast fiction podcasts, written by creators from all around the world. Just search Neon Inkwell wherever you get your podcasts. Hi everyone, it's Johnny from the Magnus Archives. Today I'm here to tell you about Chapter and Multiverse, the new actual play podcast from Rusty Quill. Across each series of Chapter and Multiverse, we'll be diving into multiple tabletop systems. No two series will ever be the same as we explore the city of Chapter across alternative universes. Chapter and Multiverse will feature a diverse, rotating cast of performers. In our first series, GM Maddie Searle will be running a campaign of Masks, a new generation, designed by Brendan Conway. She'll be joined by Ahmed Al-Jabri, Lorianne Davis, Lydia Nicholas and Pip Gladwin as intrepid young superheroes in the metropolis of Chapter, with Kareem Cronfley as the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Search for Chapter and Multiverse wherever you listen to your podcasts, or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Hello, and welcome to Camp Flying Moose for Girls of All Kinds. This is an actual play special episode of this podcast, or of this podcast feed. I am Sasha Sienna. I played Georgie Barker on the Magnus Archives, and today I am going to be the camp counsellor, or GM. And with me is Lori, Annie, and Frank. Lori, who are you? Oh, hello. I'm Lori. Pronouns are she, her. And I was a producer for Magnus Archives from about halfway through season four. I'm playing Rowan. Her pronouns are also she, her. And she's proving to be a little bit of a nerd and loves the rules. I'm discovering. (laughs) And Annie, who are you and who are you playing? Hi, I'm Annie Fitch. My pronouns are also she, her. 
I was a vocal cut editor for the Magnus Archives from around the end of season four to season five. And I'm playing Ivy, the athletic social butterfly of the camp, who uh, is never without her trusty bag of snacks. And Frank, who are you and who are you playing? Hey, I'm Frank Voss. I play the Basira Hussain in the Magnus Archives. And today I am playing Violet, who is just a problem. Oh. <laughs> okay, so before we left last week, we found that the gang had awoken to find that the camp had been somewhat messed up during the night. There are scratch marks all over the beautiful buildings that they had painted whimsical bright colors just the week before. <laughs> the kind of the fences and little wooden steps and things like that have all been smashed up. And there's like gouges in the ground. It's just, it's a mess. And we found that Rowan and Ivy had some trouble in the dining room trying to socialize in their normal way, in that a lot of the girls seemed to be separated out into two rival cliques, if you will. And Violet, in investigating the scratch marks on the walls, just managed to make more scratch marks and now is being threatened with a trip to see Millie, the leader of the camp. Shall we pick back up with Violet? You have offered your stick of gum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. It's juicy fruit. <laughs> the camp counsellor, Stevie, I don't like juicy fruit. What are you talking about? Everyone likes juicy fruit. No, not me. <gasps> juicy fruit's for kids. Now, come on, it's time to see Millie. Fine. She'll, like, trudge off towards the main building, which looks kind of like a very impressive lodge. Like if Davy Crockett had tried to build himself... A small mansion, <laughs> like a regency mansion, but tiny. That's probably what it would look like. And it is, of course, topped with the kind of robotic cockerel that crows every morning at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. so that nobody has to actually wake up at dawn. She'll trudge off and uh, occasionally look back to check that you are following, but a mere few paces behind. I'm here, petulantly chewing my gum. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a couple of, like, pointed shoes in her direction yep. but she doesn't really react she will lead you up the steps through the double swing doors and down the wooden corridor to Millie's office Millie is I think we described her last time as the sort of lumberjack Rosie the Riveter she has very imposing presence she's rather large with bright red hair and freckles and always, always wears a check shirt and some kind of outerwear gear, whether that is dungarees or like a canvas jacket or even like waders and Wellington boots. And uh, as you walk in, she is there uh, polishing her crossbow. <laughs> she puts it down as you enter and says, uh, Ah, Violet, what is it this time? I don't know. I didn't even do anything. Stevie pipes in. <sighs> She's been scratching up the walls, Millie. I did a couple of accidental scratches because I was investigating. Millie will gesture to Stevie and say, "Uh, thank you very much. I'll take it from here. And she... I'd rather do something with Millie's voice to, like, differentiate her from Stevie a little bit. We'll see what comes out in a second. (laughs) So she will gesture to one of the chairs in front of her desk and ask you to sit down. So, tell me about this investigating you've been doing. Well, something scratched up all the paint last night, right? And I was just wondering how. 
first I checked with my hands and my hand couldn't do it. So I thought maybe they did it with a stick. And I'm not sure. I don't think it was a stick, but maybe it was. It's inconclusive. So you tried scratching it with your hands and that didn't work. So then you tried scratching it with a stick and that did work, I assume. Yes. Since you managed to scratch up the buildings. I mean, it sounds bad when you put it like that. She leans back in her big chair and puts her heavy Doc Martin boots up on the table. If the sticks worked, tell me, what makes you unsure that it was done by a stick? I managed to make some scratch marks, but I don't think they're the same. We know that the sticks you used were not what made the original scratch marks. Yes, I think. Well, that's a good start. What about the rest of the damage? I don't know. It looks like something came in and started throwing stuff about, and I don't know what it was or why. I mean, who would want to attack the camp? Who would want to mess up the camp? Oh, you think this was an attack? No, maybe. No, (laughs) that would be silly. Would it be silly? Would it be silly? Are we... Are we in danger, Millie? (laughs) Oh, don't worry. Everything's perfectly safe at Camp Flying Moose. Well, everything's as safe as is appropriate (laughs) for teens at Camp Flying Moose. Well, that's a relief because I am a teen. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting such strong... Is it that meme of the woman trying the... Is it kombucha? I've never actually said that word out loud. (laughs) No, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You have this idea that it was an attack on the camp. But was anybody in the camp actually hurt? No, it probably wasn't an attack. I don't know, maybe some animals got in? Or someone was just messing about? Well, I'm sure you'll find out what it is eventually. Just make sure that you don't go damaging any more property during your investigations. Yeah, I will definitely not damage anything. I'm glad to hear it. All right, well, um, see you soon. And she just picks up her crossbow and starts polishing it again. Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) She doesn't look up. She's busy with her crossbow. Okay, yeah. Will you be joining the rest of the group in the breakfast hall or are you going to be conducting some further investigations or doing something completely different? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to rush right back to the hall. I'm going to call Stevie a snitch on my way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to rush right in and throw myself down in the nearest seat to Ivy, I think, because Ivy was the most interested in what was going on, and just be like, Stevie just took me to Millie. <gasps> oh my gosh, again? Isn't that the fourth time? You really need to start being careful, Violet. I was looking at what was going on outside, and Stevie was like, you can't do that, and took me to Millie. Wow. Did you find anything out, at least? It wasn't hands. Okay. That's all I've got. I can't believe Stevie acted in such a, a strange way. Everyone's acting so strangely. You were just out there and she just took you to Millie? That's Yeah. Well, I mean, it's classic Stevie, right? I mean, she's such a snitch now that she's a grown-up. Oh, well, you know, I, I think she's doing quite a good job. But anyway, um, I was wondering, GM, is this an occasion that I could do a, one of my special moves, which is total recall? Because I'm wondering if, like... I know that we're used to there being spooky noises around the camp. Yeah. One of my special moves is Total Recall. When you try to remember Camp Flying Moose lore, ask the counsellor one or two questions. I am the counsellor. You are the counsellor. Yeah, the GM is the counsellor. 
I both play the camp councillors as NPCs and I am also capital C camp councillor. Gotcha. Because I was just wondering if maybe, because I know the camp so well, if I have something in my memory, maybe I've read something about Mm. spooky happenings of the similar kind, something like that? Yeah. Okay, do you want to roll your smarts? Yeah. Twelve. Oh, very good. Okay, you get to ask two questions, and I must answer honestly. So the example questions that are given in the game are, what local stories are there about this? Is there any lore about this that you find in different cultures? And what is one fact that a story about this gets wrong? Oh, interesting. You can ask different but similar questions if you like. I would like to ask, is there any law about the damage being done in the night? Like this kind of thing. Has this happened before at the camp? There isn't law about specifically the camp getting messed up in the way that it has been today, like specifically like it has done today. But there certainly is law about some damage being done to the camp overnight or occasionally campers waking up and some things are missing not where they were, you know. So certain sports equipment, say, might be taken out of its little cupboard and dragged around the place, you know. But, yeah, some damage or mess happening definitely is something that campers tell stories about having happened once upon a time. Okay. I would like to ask, where would be a good place for us to continue our investigations to find out what's going on? Ooh, that is a good question. Okay, I think the best place for you to go to continue your investigations, I'm going to give you two options. You can either try to convince one or more camp counsellors that it would be a really great idea for you to spend the night at the cabin on Mount Upright to keep a watch during the next night, or you can check for any changes to scheduled timetable stuff well i mean (laughs) obviously (laughs) so there's a big notice board in there'll be like a common room and it's got little shelves of books and it's got some board games and a load of old saggy sofas and wooden chairs that are very chipped and kind of wobbly and it's basically like when it's really raining people tend to pack in here and maybe watch an old video And it is a video, not a DVD, and um, play some board games. So that's the common room, and there'll be like a big notice board up on the wall there. Rowan is going to say to Ivy and Violet, right, I mean, this is all very weird, and like, I know that maybe not exactly this has happened before, but like, stuff like this has definitely happened before in camp. Like, I've heard the stories, like, I've been here a long time. I don't know if Ivy, like, you haven't been here that long, maybe you haven't heard them, but, like, sometimes things go missing, things get moved. But let's face it, what's really important here is what does our day now look like? So I'm going to go to the timetable, <laughs> just to the board, just to see if our timetable has been updated. Like, and would you come with me? Because, honestly, I'm a bit freaked out by how everyone's behaving. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a lot more concerned by whatever's happening inside right now than whatever was going on out there. Because... We're in the woods, it could have been a wild animal, but this is... Oh, oh, yeah. Violet, have you noticed? What's up with this? So, they've almost forgotten they were friends with each other. We asked Cassie about Ruth, and she acted like she didn't know she was. It was weird. Very, very spooky, dude. She took the friendship bracelet off that Ruth gave her yesterday. But Ruth gave it to her yesterday. I yesterday. know, right? What the hell? Like, that's quite a quick turnaround. 
No matter what, we should get outside of this dining hall and see if we can, because we need to fix this. It's very sunny today, so there won't be anyone in the communal area. So let's just go to the board so we can see what the plan for the day is and we can talk in private there, okay? Okay. 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 Let's cool, go. cool. Let's go. Act normal, act normal. Sup, Cassie? <laughs> <laughs> It's such a shame that podcast listeners can't see this little, like, casual, I'm so cool head nod <laughs> that Larry did. And she's like, sup, Cassie. <laughs> oh, wasted. I particularly enjoyed the way we were all like, what? Cassie and Ruth aren't friends anymore? Like, a foot away. Yeah, we all leaned into the mic. <laughs> from Cassie. <laughs> we were whispering. I think that Ivy, before standing up, is going to grab two of the last pieces of bacon that are still on her plate and just shove them full in her mouth as she's walking out. See you later. Mm. Yeah, good call, good call. Leave no snack behind. Exactly. Okay, so uh, you all head out. You cross over the the camp. Rowan knows a shortcut over to the common room. Oh, I do. You can get there. It is pretty empty. There's one or two people in there who maybe didn't want to do any of the activities or um, more introverted and like to just sit there reading a book. But... There is the big notice board on one wall. It's full of, like, flyers. It was once one big timetable, but it's just been piled high with flyers. You can see the the thing that was... So there's always a couple of different activities to choose from, but one that has the most sign-ups for this morning was there was going to be a huge orienteering nature activity around the campgrounds but that can't happen now so that's been cancelled and there is a flyer or like a piece of paper printed out on the notice board to say that in lieu of the orienteering nature activity that was scheduled for this morning there is going to be a treat something even better tomorrow night which will be a full moon foraging trail. So you'll be taken into the forest to go and and forage for nighttime foods. And because it's a full moon, that's going to be actually possible because any other night it will be too dark. That sounds pretty cool. I guess we'll be able to actually stay up a bit later than bedtime. Ivy probably had her name either first on or near first on the the list to sign up for that original Mm. orienteering activity. And so... Even though the foraging activity sounds cool, she's just kind of like, oh, well, what am I going to do today then? Look at the, the whole camp. I guess that gives me more time to investigate. But it's going to be so much fun, the trail walk. So that's a good question. Violet and Rowan, were you signed up to the trail walk or would you like to hear what other activities are available today? I would like to hear the other activities. So the other things that you can do today are a macrame workshop where you will be learning to make political wall hangings with, you know, revolutionary symbols made out of knots. (laughs) (laughs) Or alternatively, down by Frog Lake, there will be a, like a little kayaking lesson, essentially. Mm. Get to take the kayaks out. I think Violet will stand up for the trail walk because they like to climb. Mm. I think actually Rowan would have been on the orienteering one as well because Rowan is not very good at naturally surviving in the wild and relies very much on knowledge so would have considered that an opportunity to learn to survive a bit better oh yeah there was going to be all sorts of tutorials about how to use maps they were going to set up different levels of trail you know like when you go to a climbing wall and the different colors are the different like difficulty yes. routes they're going to do that all around the park uh, they were going to give you a grade <gasps> what would we have got a badge yes oh man i don't have an orienteering badge do you think we can like convince them 
to maybe, you know, just go on a walk somewhere. Like, I don't know, like, if you want to keep investigating, I seem to remember in the depths of my memory that the cabin, you know, the cabin on Mount Upright? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like that's got something to do with this. <laughs> really good reason, Laurie, well done. <laughs> it was in a book I read. I think we need to use the daylight that we have to investigate down here. But maybe we can talk to Stevie about going up there for the night? I mean, either the whole cabin or just the three of us. I guess we would need permission. I'm not sure how comfortable I am not having permission, but... Or, Violet, do you know way into that cabin if we, if we were to sneak off? Because we don't have a key. I could find a way in, probably. I've got these lockpicks. Have you ever picked a lock? Yeah, I haven't seen you in action yet. That would be really cool. Yeah, it'd be so cool. <laughs> Shifts nervously. <laughs> in that case, why don't we... Let's look around the camp a little more, because I think that if there's something we can do to solve it down here, we've got the morning free now, in the early afternoon. Okay, sure. So I think that Ivy is immediately going to kind of try and pick up where Violet left off outside in terms of, like... The only thing that Violet managed to get to before being snitched on was <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't hands and that stick. Uh, so, and that's just the scratches. I want to like look at the damage to the fans, whatever there is to look at effectively. Would you like to roll for me? Investigate, which is 2d6 plus your smarts. That's a five. Ah, okay. Yeah, you can have a look. You see the broken down fences. You see kind of almost like tire marks in the ground. You know, the, like the dirt track, looks like there was some heavy traffic here. If you had to guess, you'd say this was like some sort of go-kart race or like tiny monster truck rally. In fact, how much does Ivy believe the kind of stories that you get around Camp Flying Moose about unusual creatures that live in the forest or in the lake or supernatural things that happen around here. I think that Ivy believes to a naive fault in stuff. You could tell her pretty much any ghost story about the camp. She's going to be like, really? Wait, wait, wait. Tell me what did this, you know, way too involved and interested in all of it. This is basically a fae monster truck rally clearly happened here. (gasps) Check this out. You guys, come over here. Come over here. Look at this. Look at this. What, what, what? Haven't you heard about the stories? Okay, okay, okay. You know those, the mushroom rings that grow in the forest, right? They call them fairy rings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look at this. There's tiny tracks. There's tiny tracks. Do you think the fairies, do you think they have cars? <laughs> do, do fairy I, cars? Do I think the fairies have cars? Look at the ground. <laughs> I'm not crazy here, right? I mean. You've heard the stories, right? I've heard the stories about fairies, but I've never heard them having automobiles. Like, that's quite a weird thing. I haven't necessarily heard any specific stories about that either, but look at the track. Look at what the evidence in front of us is. And you know the stories that they're out there. What evidence? These are lines in the dirt. (laughs) They're tire tracks. Look. I should have asked if I could, like, through the power of friendship, have helped Ivy with their investigation. But can I just do my own investigation? Is that... You can do your own investigation (laughs) role, yes. Can I power of friendship that one to assist... I'm going to say no, because at this point, Ivy is not going to be helpful in Fair investigating enough. these things. <laughs> She's going to continue telling people that it's a fairy monster truck situation. <laughs> I can roll to see how far off I throw it. Yeah. I rolled a six and a one. That's so annoying. Uh, nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah, so that's still a success, but not a, a runaway success. 
So I'm going to say you may ask one question or you may choose for me to give you one detail of my own choosing. Mm. What's going on? But I promise it will be like at least a mildly relevant detail. (laughs) (laughs) Mildly relevant. I mean, I think my odds... I'm not very good at asking questions, so I am inclined to take that hand of friendship that you've extended me there and ask you to give me a mildly relevant detail, please. Okay, I will give you a mildly relevant detail. You're really intrigued by this fairy automobile theory. Uh, It sounds very new to you, and you're kind of curious, but you're open-minded, so you curiously look down at the grooves in the ground, and you see, like, yeah, there are tracks in the ground, but if you look closely... You can see that there are several large paw prints. Miniature tire tracks and paw prints. No, not like miniature tire. There are like grooves in the ground that don't have a tire pattern. Right. And then there are also some paw prints. Are they like long, continuous grooves? No, they're not like long, continuous grooves. It's like something's just gouged at the... Yeah. Or has a tail? No, that would be up in the air, maybe. I tell you that, my friends. I mean, there are paw prints here. Huh. Can I ask, are they unnaturally large paw prints or anything like that, or do they just look like a normal canine that you might find? Once they're pointed out to you, they are about the size of a bear's paw print, but not exactly that shape, like not as round, a little bit more splayed out, a little bit like longer in the... What would be, I guess, fingers? No, toes. Toes is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Violet is gonna climb a tree. Always a good move. Yep, great start. Yeah. Just to try and look down at everything. If I could roll and investigate on that to see if maybe there's like a pattern to the movement. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, roll investigate. Okay, bad start. Okay, so I got an eight. Okay, yeah, so uh, that's, again, a mitigated success. I'm going to give you the same choice that I gave Lowry. You can either ask a question or be given one at least mildly relevant detail of my own choosing. Well, since Rowan pointed out that there were paw prints, I guess I want to see, like, how much of, like, where did they come from or where did they go, Cotton Eye Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, if there was, like, a pattern to the way they were moving or something like that. There is no pattern. It is very, very chaotic. You would guess that there is like more than one creature mm-hmm. here. So it's very difficult to see kind of where they came from or where they went. But there are at least some tracks that are either coming from or going towards or maybe both the forest. Not actually all just to like one place in the forest. All right, I'll come back down instead of yelling from the tree, I guess. <laughs> Guys, I think whatever this is, I think there was more than one. And I think maybe they came from the forest or they went to the forest. Or maybe they went to the forest and like came back. I don't know. Do you think that's why your orientation has been cancelled? Do you think they know? As in the camp counsellors? Maybe. I accidentally said attack when I was speaking to Millie and she really latched onto that. Maybe they know something. Do you think that they're lying to us about something? Do you think they're trying to hide something? I mean, they're always hiding stuff. Surely it's usually stuff that is, you know, for our own good. They would tell me at least, I think. Oh, you'd think that. You'd think that. It's, it's like they get a driver's license and all of a sudden, oh, I can keep secrets now from my good friend Violet. I'm really interested in what exactly went down between Violet and Stevie. <laughs> like, were they really close before Stevie 
became a counsellor? Is this maybe like Stevie's first year as a counsellor? I think I've started to lean into this like, Violet is like a proto Stevie. Like as soon as she's old enough, she's also going to be like grouchy and over it. And right now (laughs) she's like, why are you like this? How dare you? I'm over you. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) You have a couple of options here. You can go to the counsellors and you can either kind of confront them about whether they know more than they're letting on, Mm. or you can try to gain permission to go on your little trip to the cabin in Mount Upright, or you can choose to bide your time and sneak out to Mount Upright, or you can go and talk to some of the other girls at the camp, investigate a little bit more around the camp area, or you can do something that I haven't thought of, of your own design. (laughs) I do have a cousin who's a counsellor, who is my best friend. It's true. I think that Ivy is feeling betrayed by not being, like, I don't know, just, like, kept in the loop or, like, the idea that the counsellors are lying to us. Because, hmm. again, she has this inflated sense of, like, friendship with everybody. I think that she is going to just, like, silent treatment the counsellors and go try and talk to some of the other girls. Oh, no, I broke her. Silent treatment the counsellors. <laughs> Like, anytime Stevie's, like, trying to do something with, like, our, like, cabin or whatever, I'll just be like, mm, mm, not, like, say words, but just be mad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I hope they notice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're going to talk to some of the other girls. Uh, what about Violet and Rowan? I mean, I might go and talk to my cousin, who is my best friend. I might not say that in front of Ivy. I don't know. <laughs> but see, Just see how my cousin's behaving, because if she's behaving weirdly as well... She also works in the library, so I guess maybe I'll do a bit more research into... Because for Rowan, something has been triggered now that is like, well, I know that there have been stories of weird things like this happening, and now we're looking like these big animals were fighting in camp, and the counsellors aren't being honest with us about it, so that's a bit weird. Okay, and Violet? I think Violet is going to sneak up to the cabin on the hill, and try and find a way in before anyone else <laughs> asks her <laughs> to pick the lock. <laughs> just to try to save face. Are you telling your friends that you're going there now, or are you just going to try and sneak out and not give them a chance to come with you? I'm just going to sneak off. That's what she does. Okay. I mean, Rowan will definitely have been like, look, yeah, let's split up to, you know, increase our chances of finding things out, but let's meet up again. So that is definitely something Rowan would have said meet up I guess where we are or I mean you don't have to do that obviously Violet (laughs) (laughs) but maybe arrange to meet up just after dinner I don't know or in an hour and if we meet for dinner we can see if everyone's still acting weird in there I agree and then I think that if we're trying to devise a plan to sneak off to the cabin then it would be like meet at the outdoor showers because no one ever uses them. Meet at the outdoor shower. There's like five people ever use mm. them. Meet at the outdoor mm-hmm. shower and we could sneak out from there because no one will see us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's start with Rowan going to the camp counsellors. So you are going to go and find your cousin, Willow. Willow works in the library. Mm-hmm. I assume that you're going to go to the library. Yes. Would you like to describe for us, Lori, like what kind of library Camp Flying Moose has? Is it like a well-stocked, well-catalogued library Mm. with shelves full of categorised books by subject and by author? Or is it like a bundle of boxes full of like just paperback books? 
shoved every which way. I think it's like somewhere in between. Like I'm imagining a room with a short bookcases and not like beautiful lots of books up to the ceilings or anything. And yeah. a collection of random, probably Babysitter's Club, point horror books, that kind of thing that have been ripped and maybe the last pages are missing on some of them. But I would like there to conveniently be a section on like the history of Camp Flying Moose. Oh, there is definitely, a, yeah, there are some fiction that you'd expect to see. Yeah. And then there's also a very anachronistic, perhaps, non-fiction section, a lot of which is about nature mm. and some of which is about, you know, puberty and your body. Yes. And appropriate sex education that's like, here are the facts. Good. In a non-judgmental way. And then there's some texts on, like, the history of feminism and civil rights movements. And then there's also an extensive section about folklore and local history. Sounds like a great library, frankly. I really want to go to this camp now. I know. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Rowan will go straight to Willow to find, try and find Willow. She's there. She's stacking books that have been moved. She's just, like, reshelving everything. Hey, Will. How are you doing? Oh, hi, Rowan. How's it going? I mean, have you noticed that things are a bit weird? Like, do you know what's going on? Oh, you mean with um, all the damage to the camp? Yeah. No, I don't know, but it's uh, it's a real shame. Were you booked onto that orienteering? Yeah, I'm really disappointed because, you know, I didn't have the badge. It was like my last badge that I needed for, like, survival, but... Well, there's always next year. Yeah. Well, you know, I was kind of hoping that I would graduate to counsellor next year, as you know, and a year early than people normally do, but I am an overachiever. (laughs) 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 What I'm trying to ascertain here is, is my cousin behaving weirdly? Is she part of the weird counsellor weirdness or the weirdness that's happening in camp? Okay, I'm going to offer you the chance to roll investigate or friendship. I'm going to go for friendship even though my stat isn't as good, because this is my best friend and cousin. Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. Eight. Okay, no, that's still pretty good. Okay, so for an eight, do you want to roleplay a bit of the, like, how you're going to approach her? Yeah. I I mean, I'm going to ask her, as I was, about... She's aware of what's going on, and does she know why orienteering has been cancelled or what the counsellors think happened? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I, obviously, I know that it's been cancelled because, well, the camp's all kind of messed up and a lot of the markers that they put out have been knocked down or lost. Oh, right. I don't know exactly what happened. I know that uh, Millie said someone was looking into it, so I think that she's probably got a team of the other counsellors, you know, figuring out what's going on. Okay. Have we got any books about that cabin on Mount Upright? We don't really have any books about it. I've got a promotional leaflet for you. Yeah, that would be a start. (laughs) And quicker to read. Why is uh, is Stevie going to take Redwood Cabin up? Yeah, maybe she is. I heard that. (laughs) Oh, that'll be fun for you, yeah. (laughs) Rowan's a good liar. She doesn't like to say it, but I know Stevie actually really loves going to the cabin on Mount Upright, so... Oh, really? How do you know that? Yeah, because we're friends. Cool. Just for Lurie, Willow isn't behaving weirdly, is she? No. Cool. Okay. She's not behaving weirdly. So my cousin is fine. Fine. Good. <laughs> I take the leaflet. Oh, your friends like you're jealous. <laughs> she will give you the leaflet. 
It won't really give you any information that Rowan doesn't already know. Okay. It tells you about, like, the layout of the cabin, you know, what's inside, the facilities there, not many, the location of the cabin. It has this little, like, pictogram mapped out path, but it's not really useful as a map. Mm. You know, it's just one of those little lines to illustrate that you're going to be walking through the forest. (laughs) And then has, like, some photos of girls from the camp posing, like, all around the campfire or roasting marshmallows or, like, bundled into their sleeping bags in the cabin or doing their little washing up, you know. It's not really got anything about the lore of the place or the history thereof. Let's head over to Violet, who is going to be making that trek to the cabin. Frank. Yes. What... Is Violet going to do to prepare for the journey? She has a bottle of water and an upbeat attitude. (laughs) (laughs) She's giving herself a pep talk the whole way. They're just like, all right, come on, Violet. You've got this. You can do it. Remember last year when you snuck into Stephanie's suitcase and no one realised for like two hours? Come on, you can get into a cabin. Okay, so the cabin is like a four or five mile hike away from the camp and it is currently well it's not even lunchtime yet maybe it's like 11 a.m so there's plenty of daylight but you will have to track through the forest you have been to the cabin before but you have always been led by a counselor or a couple of counselors you know all in a group so i'm going to make a little roll about the state of the path so you set out are you the one that's got quick but quiet? Yes. Yes, okay. So you can move very stealthily through the camp. You can absolutely sneak your way out, although you have to like hide around some corners and move between shadows a little bit. Uh, you do actually manage to make it out, and you do manage to find the path that leads... It's almost like a bridge, but not over any water, just over a slight ditch, into the forest that leads you on the path which has kind of like the first couple of miles of it is like it's like a roped path you know with kind of wood slats to lead the way right it's pretty dark in the forest because it's obviously quite dense but because it's noon there's plenty of light poking through the trees so you make your way you make your way after about a mile or two the wooden slats get buried by the ground you know dust has been kicked over roots have grown up and cracked them but you can still make your way. About a mile after that, you come to a fork in the road, and uh, the path looks a little different than you remember it. Oh. Um, <laughs> would you like to go left or right? <sighs> it's left, odds right. Left it is. Okay. You turn left, you keep walking. The path grows like narrower and narrower. The trees grow a little bit denser. They're very tall now, so you can't even really make out the individual leaves on the top of the trees. You're just kind of looking up at this broken shadow of canopy above you. There are a lot of birds up about. You can't see them, but you can definitely hear them. And you can certainly see a lot of spiders or bugs creeping around in the foliage. And um, after about another hour of walking, and it's getting quite steep, so you're getting quite out of breath, you notice the ground starts to level off and you find some little wooden steps built into the path. 
leading right up to the old cabin. Hey. Hey. I did it. <laughs> I made it. Oh, God, now I have to get in. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you have lockpicks. And the cabin is there. It has a small lock on the door. You know that inside there is a cupboard of, like, some supplies. There is a very rudimentary bathroom area to one side. And then there's, like, a hall sort of space with some... Well, I would say bunk beds, but they're really just kind of, like, slats. And some space for people to like hang out in the middle and sometimes people put their bedrolls out there and sleep on the floor as well and there's like a stove that's basically more of a wood fire in there as well there are two windows two big windows like one on two walls of the big main room and there's a very small vent and window towards the bathroom section do any of the windows open slash can I open any of the windows the windows do open how are you trying to open them? I guess it would be absurd for for them to have handles on the outside. <laughs> so I'm going to try pushing. Yeah, great. Could you please roll me adrenaline, which is roll 2d6 and add your strength. Seven. Okay. So you take one of the windows, which looks like the wood is a little bit degraded by now. And you push and push and push it up. And eventually... You do manage to push it like a little ways up and then it gets stuck again. So it, there is an opening, but it is not big enough for you to fit through. Okay. And I think let's leave Violet there and check in with Ivy <laughs> for a little bit. So Ivy has gone to talk to some of the other girls. Yeah. Is there a particular place that you would like to go, Annie? So we said there was like a kayaking session. There is macrame in the arts and crafts room. There are a couple of people hanging out in the common room, but most people who were going to be orienteering seem to have just kind of found their own other activities, either joined in with the kayaking or with the arts and crafts, or there's a couple of people in the library. And there is a very quick and impromptu game of dodgeball going on on the field. (laughs) She's tempted by the dodgeball. (laughs) My intention with it was to try and talk to... Ruth, because that was the other half of the friendship bracelet exchange we have, to whom we have not spoken yet. I want to see if Ruth is under sort of the same whatever effect that we noticed Cassie being weird, if Ruth is also being weird in the same way. Okay. Can I, I maybe go to the meeting hall and check the sign-ups? If, did I see where Ruth was signed up before, or do I know where to find her? Yeah, you can go and check. So Ruth is going to be in arts and crafts. Okay. Well, then that's where, that's where Ivy's headed. Not a place that she is often. Okay, you walk into the arts and crafts room and the counsellor who's running the arts and crafts session looks up. She's not one of them that you recognise because you don't spend a lot of time in here, mm-hmm. but she is delighted by a new face in the <laughs> arts and crafts room. It's like, oh, well, you're quite late, but come on, were you uh, were you involved in the orienteering? Don't worry, we can get you a space. Why don't you sit down right here and she will pull out a chair right next to Ruth. Oh, that's convenient. Sure, I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm really not that good at arts and crafts, but you know what? I'm not doing anything else with my day-to-day, so I'll just I'll sit down next to Ruth, yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Well, you know what? We're here for all levels. I can absolutely help you with getting started with a beginner thing. So today, we're turning knots into revolutionary political symbols. So why don't you have a little sketch of your revolutionary organization's political symbol? 
that you would like your logo to be, or you can pick your favorite one from history, and then I'll get you started on some of the basic knots, and uh, you're away. Okay, so I'm just going to go and get some knots and get some yarn and sticks and things for you to actually anchor your knots to, and then I'll be right back, okay? And she will hurry up. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So in that case, Ivy's going to turn to Ruth and just try and strike up a conversation, again, doing the, like, super casual I don't know anything's wrong but I why would I suspect weirdness type vibe like oh hey Ruth I have never been in the arts and crafts you're normally over here have you done these before because I might need some help trying to figure out how to do these are you any good at them she'll respond to you in much the same way that Cassie does so she will answer your questions but won't kind of engage any more than not really Mm. give anything particularly back yeah I'm pretty good at arts and crafts yeah I'm here quite a lot I can answer your questions, but you know, Mary is probably going to teach you how to do it, so she can help you. Yeah, I figured I'd just, you know, the whole class full of people, usually better to have help with, you know, if you can get help with somebody sitting next to you, I, I, I'm i just not that good at crafting. I mean, the more help I can get, the better. And at this point, Mary will come back and like put a load of yarn and strings in front of you and be like, so let me tell you exactly how to do macrame. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Ivy is very much obviously not here to try and do arts and crafts in any way. So every time Mary's trying to like do stuff, Ivy's like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, sure. Uh, Ruth, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just trying to get through it to keep the conversation going with Ruth. So While Mary is there, like as soon as Mary comes and kind of engages you, Ruth goes back to talking to the other people around this table who are, you will notice, a lot of the same people that were sitting with her at breakfast. This is just an assumption, but I'm assuming looking around the table, I see a lot of people who are sitting on the same side that she was, and I don't see anyone who is sitting on Cassie's side at this table. You don't see anyone who was sitting on Cassie's side. In fact, there are some people who were sitting on Cassie's side in this room, but they are all at a different table. Right. At breakfast, was it that literally half the camp besides us was on one side and half the camp was on the other? No, it's not everybody. Okay. That's divided into two. It's um, too specific. It's just some Maybe like 10 people on each side out of like 100 total campers. Got it. So I can clearly see members of each group separated in the room. And then Mm -hmm. I think that Ivy's going to then try a more direct approach as soon as she gets a word in with Mary. As soon as Mary goes to check on something else, Ivy goes, okay. Mary will leave as soon as you have done three competent knots. (laughs) Should I roll crafting for that? Yes, actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see how long that takes <laughs> oh okay it's an eight okay Ooh. great yeah uh so you do do three competent knots but while mary is showing you in between like okay that's pretty good but do it but more like this you actually have time to notice that like ruth is scratching her arms a lot and you know she's got like this little rash just on her neck and her hands. Yeah. And eventually you will manage to get your three knots. <laughs> Mary will leave. She will be so proud. Like, That's amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, you are picking this up so quickly. You are not picking this up so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Yeah, yeah. And Ivy's aware of that, but Ivy's also just trying to be like, oh, well. Of course. Hey, of course. Not. Hey. hey. <laughs> I think that then Ivy, as soon as she can get a word in edgewise, she was originally going to start trying to approach the idea of the friendship bracelet. But I think she's going to turn to Ruth and go, Oh, are, are you okay? I might even have, I know that I normally just carry snacks, I might have some calamine lotion or something in here. Do you, are you okay? I see that you have that, that neck. 
Oh, yeah, um, calamine lotion would be nice, actually. I just... <sighs> my allergies have really been acting up lately, and I don't know why. Okay, okay. Is it like pollen allergies or? or, or uh, I don't know what it is. Usually, the only thing I'm allergic to is dogs. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so let's leave it there for this week. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Camp Flying Moose for Girls of All Kinds, and um, as I didn't mention it at the start of the show, you can find your own copy of Camp Flying Moose by Alicia Furness on Itch. I very much recommend it. Or, you know, elsewhere on the internet, you can also just Google Camp Flying Moose. And uh, it's, it's a really great game. So I've been Sasha Sienna, and with me has been Annie, Lowry, and Frank. Please join us next week for the thrilling conclusion to <laughs> Camp Flying Moose. Woo! Thank you very much for listening. Well, hopefully we will all reconvene. <laughs> hopefully. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Why are we all waving? I don't know. What? It's just interesting. <laughs> time. This episode is distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. For more information, visit RustyQuill.com. Tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us at mail at rustyquill.com. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not this future that is terrifying, but our present. The Program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about The Program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and see you later.